everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. feel like we were just here, Jay. Just here. <laughs> we were yesterday. Yeah, which is great. I love it. Um, yeah, we were here. Of course, it's a little cold here this morning. Yeah, it's but, like, uh, Jay, what are you wearing? Your parka in, in the house <laughs> go, in Southern California. What, did it dip to skiing? 60? Did it dip to 60 <laughs> degrees down there? Well, let's not get crazy. <laughs> You know, it's like I heard this story about someone in Southern California who would turn on their air conditioning in their house so it was cold enough for them to build a fire. <laughs> God. That's that's Southern that, California. That, that's you. a first world problem if I've that's ever heard one. That's a definite first world problem. <laughs> um, before we get into the great discussion with this week's <clears throat> guest, um, just one more reminder as always, Please check out HypeBot.com and Bands in Town. Thank them so much for everything they do to support us week in and week out. We appreciate it. And of course, to our sponsors, Bandzoogle.com, built by musicians for musicians. Bandzoogle is an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and EPK for your music. Banzoogle powers the websites for tens of thousands of musicians around the world, from weekend warriors to Grammy winners. All the features you need for a professional website are already built in, including hosting and a custom domain name, dozens of fully customizable design templates, tools to sell your music and merch commission-free, commission-free crowdfunding and fan subscriptions, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters, social media integrations, and of course, live tech support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. You know, Jay, as I'm reading through that, I'm like, is there anything they don't offer that you need? And I'm like, not really. I've built five sites through them so far, and I'm just uh, amazed at how simple it is to create the site, to connect stores and crowdfunding and all of that. And you had mentioned something in, in there about, you know, their tech support, 24 seven tech support, man, they, they respond and they help. I, I love those guys. Yep. Yep. So, um, we got a great offer we put together for all of our listeners, head over to bandzoogle.com, sign up, try it for free for 30 days. And when you register, make sure you use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY, all one word, and you will save 15% off the first year of any subscription. And uh, of course, discmakers.com. We know it's a digital world, but there's still an important role for physical media for today's independent musician. Digital royalty payments are so small that selling products like CDs, vinyl, and T-shirts online and at gigs has become such an important income generator. For every CD you sell online or at a gig, you might need roughly 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money. That's a lot of streams. That can be a lot of marketing. Mm -hmm. Our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media including vinyl, USB drives, and even t-shirts. So a little offer we put together with the fine folks over at Disc Makers, head over to discmakers.com, place an order for a hundred or more CDs. And when you check out, use the promo code FREEBIZ, all one word, and you will save up to $150 in shipping. And that's nothing to sneeze at. Good, it's awesome. You can put that money back into your band. So, Jay, this week we uh, we talked to 
a mathematician. <laughs> yeah, he's got a, a degree in mathematics, actually a, a master's degree in mathematics from MIT, which that's not an easy get, as you probably no. know. Um, today, we're going to talk to uh, Paris uh, Cabezas from Intercat. It's a Miami-based uh, company, Intercast, uh, Intercat Music Group. Uh, fascinating background on Paris, and he's building something that's really unique. Yes, so let it roll, and we'll see you at the end. Build a stunning band website in minutes with Banzoogle. Go to Banzoogle.com to start your free 30-day trial and use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. <laughs> Paris is the founder of the Miami-based Intercat Music Group. Fascinating story, Paris. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure. So, so tell you, us... Oh, I was, was, was going to say real quick, so you're down in uh, sunny and warm Miami? We are. I'm sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm in Southern California. It's usually warm, and uh, Mike was just oh, making it is. my my parka because it dipped below 70 last night. Brr. <laughs> you know, somehow the wave is, is hitting us down here. It was kind of chilly, but chilly for us is 70 degrees. Exactly. Exactly. I've yeah. got I've got I've got family that lives in me Florida, too, and and it's yeah. always funny. And I was born and raised in Minnesota. So it's always fun. It's always funny when people in Florida are like, my God, it's gotten so cold. And I'm like, what? And they're like, well, it hit 50 degrees and I've had to pull out my winter jacket. I'm like, oh, Jesus, 50 degrees in Minnesota. We're laying out in the snow. You're like 50 degrees above. Okay. Okay. I get it. (laughs) Minnesota's pretty cold. Yeah, it it gets there. It definitely gets there. So Paris, thanks so much for joining us. You've got such a fascinating story. You know, I've been reading up a a little bit about your, your background and I'd love to learn more about Intercat, but beforehand, so you grew up in Cuba, right? Yep. I did. And you were, you, you play piano which I think mm-hmm. is, is super cool. But then things got a little interesting. Like you got a master's degree in applied mathematics from MIT. You know, I don't right. know if many piano players I talked to. I was that... going to say, what are you doing in the music <laughs> business with that? <laughs> well, it, it was either that or teaching. And I don't think I could do the teaching. <laughs> uh, you know, believe it or not, there's, there's a, an incredible level of correlation between uh, music and mathematics it's 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 very very much connected and the the field of applied mathematics that i took wasn't to resolve uh, nuclear reactor problems or logarithmic equations it it was directly applied to the field of acoustics oh interesting yeah raw materials uh how, how they react to the impact of of sound and SPL calculation, uh, how sound behaves on different surfaces, depending yeah. on, on, on so, the so, so let me ask then. So based on that bit of information, I would assume that would take you into something like working Bose. in send, yeah, Bose or sound reinforcement or <laughs> you yes. know, building venues and, and all of that sort of stuff. It, you know, actually, actually, I, I didn't. I, I, I did do some work uh, with, with different materials. Uh, uh, some, of, some of the papers I, I co-wrote were about uh, Owen's corning, how it behaves 
uh, when absorbing sound and how to break down sound waves. I did also do some work uh, related to sonars and how sound behaves underwater and mm. how it bounces around, how it travels on, on different uh, organic materials. But most of most of the work uh, took the shape of magnetic applications. Uh, I, I, I took uh, a contract with Yamaha in a factory in, in Japan doing research and development. And some of the some of the early uh, motorized fader console designs uh, included magnetic resonance uh, applications and. And I participated in some of those. Did you say motorized? Designs. Motorized faders. Is that like the automated board? Like the automated board, yes. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so the, the, the very the very early applications of that originated with, with a company called Martin Sound. Martin Sound Automation. Uh, they will repurpose the, the old Rupert Neve boards uh, that were studio workhorses. It's the very best of the best. And... And, and because they originally did not include any type of recall functions or automation, uh, Martin Sound uh, <laughs> adapted the design of, of a motorized fader. It was, it was a volume control with, with pulleys and a belt inside and a computer synchronized with, with the time of the thick machine would would account for the position of the faders in a timeline. Yeah. Whereas, so that was the that was the very beginning of of automation. Yeah. I mean, today you you have very advanced Avid, yeah. Pioneer yeah. SSL with with all the integrated uh, recall modules. But yeah. Yamaha, the, the the first OR consoles, OR series that uh, for live venues that were manufactured, they they came right off the bat with motorized faders yeah i remember those days uh, i'm old enough to remember that stuff you, yeah just i just really quickly you just touched on like you know water like acoustics in water i had mm -hmm. read something that like a whale can make a sound and like halfway across the globe it can be heard how is that That's possible right. through water that's crazy Specific specific uh, frequencies, the same technology that sonars have. If you go deep enough, some animals, especially whales, that dive very deep, uh, the orientation happens through sound waves. Wow. It's, it's incredibly dark down there, so they, they sing, basically. Yeah. And it's like a sonar <laughs> tube. They, they That's sing. That's really and, cool. Yeah, and the rebound. I mean, it's... Above the surface is air pressure, basically. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're, you're speaking, you're expelling air pressure. It's the SPL, as, as we call it, to measure it. And underwater is kind of the same principle, but displacing water. Interesting. Super interesting stuff. Well, we could go off on a tangent <laughs> on that stuff. Tell me, tell us a little bit about uh, Intercat and, and what you've built there. You're the uh, managing partner, right? And yes. did you found Intercat? I did. Yeah, tell us about that journey. That that journey <laughs> was was uh, a little bit of luck and accident, an accident. Uh, before Intercat, I, I was working for a, a group, uh, Young Money Entertainment, Cash Money Records. Mm -hmm. uh, Little Wayne was in that yeah. roster. Nicki Minaj originated from, from that, and, and so on. And 
were the early days of, of digital, early days of Spotify, Apple Music, sound exchange was barely <laughs> starting to, to, to make some sense mm-hmm. on, on non-interactive performances. So yep. part of my part of my, my my duties with them, aside from the production elements, was business affairs and 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 find uh, new streams of revenue. And a big wake up call originated when when dealing specifically with sound exchange and these early digital service providers indicating that we were at the beginning of a, of a dangerous transition the physical support was about to be extinct and it was it was a wake up call for for everyone not just me but but multinationals but your labels they found themselves very soon after that, in a void, trying to fill a hole, because every practice was based on unit sales. Mm-hmm. And here comes streaming. You no longer have unit sales. You have usage. Everything is by way of license, the digital license. And adapting to that new model, imagine re-encoding decades of two-inch yeah. masters into digital format, all that in a rush because technology doesn't wait. Mm-hmm. That's right. They, they, they kicked mm-hmm. off and everyone that had a decent-sized catalog was in a bind. So imagine the expense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, treating some of these grandmasters, and it happened to us, so, so some of these grandmasters you have to actually throw it in an oven. You have to yeah, bake it. You have to treat it. You have to bake him. You have to treat him with with incredible finesse because that's your master. Yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 some places took precautions of having temperature and humidity control vaults uh, with the masters, but uh, some smaller yeah, labels everybody. didn't have the, the resources to. to, to <laughs> I, I I I I remember going to a local studio here in the Bay Area a couple of years ago. And two-inch master tapes were just thrown up in the attic. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just I, like I, that's not even temperature controlled, let alone the rats and the oh, mice that are probably coming mice, through. Yeah, it's it, it, it's incredible, and 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 I know I know labels that suffer irreparable losses because so, right. some of these stuff. I, I I have a I have a friend that that used to run a large label in, in Venezuela. They didn't have any of these uh, provisions, and they had most of the cultural early early nineteen forties and fifties wow. with incredible historical value gone. Yeah. Yeah, you know, when I worked at Universal, part of my job was to, this is in the early days when we were putting things up for digital, right? For ringtones, for downloads, all of that. And we had to prioritize, you know, if, if we had Elton John, John Coltrane and some of those, those went first before some of the uh, smaller artists. But what we would find as we were doing that is, yes, we'd have to bake a lot of these tapes and have them converted to digital, 
Um, but sometimes they either were missing, destroyed, whatever. And a lot of times these old masters, or at least the submasters, were for, let's say, vinyl. They didn't have the dynamic range for digital, and those had to be redone. And people couldn't understand. They were saying, well, you need to get my music up on uh, iTunes at the time. And it, it takes time and there's an expense involved in that. And one of our artists um, actually bought a facility to bake tapes just for that very reason. And it, it was incredibly challenging. Yeah. So at that time, we, we realized that the business model was changing as well uh, on the admin side of things, business affairs. And, uh, but mostly, digital departments did not exist. So there was there was no such thing. You know? Yeah, and, that's right. And it, it took an incredible steep learning curve for 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 labels to to understand that metadata was everything. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. They're still learning that. <clears throat> They're yeah. still learning that, and and as far ahead of as we've gotten in, in this 20 20 something years we're still suffering a great degree of adolescence in in yes. in, in employing best practices absolutely employing and and tracking agreement usage and whatnot so i realized that and and i was still printing cds in a local plant in miami it was called cdd but stores and, and they manufactured for everyone. Uh, uh, they started manufacturing vinyl, then, then they started injecting CDs and doing CD runs for not just independent artists, but sometimes for multinationals. And, and they were the only game in town. And I, like, like every other music exec, will end up there. Everybody knew who they were. They had about 7,000 clients globally. Wow. It, was, it was an enormous personal client. So I, I went late one day. It was almost closing time. And, and the owner opened, opened for me, one of the owners. And I said, please let me in. I, I got to wait for this order. I got to fly out with the CDs. And we, we started having a conversation. And... I, it was wrong of me, but I told her, you know, I was picking up CDs and I told her, you know, this business is about to die. She, she got insulted. Yeah. Well, this person, Anna Gonzalez, is today my wife. Really? <laughs> yeah. That was, that was how we met. Interesting. Basically, I said, look, and, and then I went into it. I, I started telling her why and, and showing her the trends. And, and look, I'm, I'm involved in this, in this project for, for uh, metadata choreography that touches, you know, I'm, I'm involved with this group in the UK. It's called DDEX. And, and, and these sure. guys are, are, are writing standards for release notifications and, and trying to find an, an ISO for everyone to adhere to, otherwise it's a madhouse. And yeah. and, and this and, and this is what's what's going to populate stores and whatnot. And that conversation didn't last long. But then I came back and, and we talked some more. This time her dad, the founder of, of the factory, was was here. And I, I sat down and said, look, 
you guys are in, in, a, in a very unique position. You guys serve everyone. You have about 7,000 clients. If you don't convert now, you're going to have to shut down. Maybe not this year, maybe not the following year, but it's going to catch up Eventually, to you. This, yeah. this business has been open for, for 25 years. Don't let it die. I'm, I'm giving you some light mm -hmm. so, so, that, so that you can look into it. The old man, to my father-in-law today, <laughs> he listened to me and, and he goes, explain to me. I understand that this, is, this has an expiration date on it, but... You know, I'm 70 something years old. I, I, what I had to do is say, yeah, but your daughter can pick up the legacy and, and, and convert this into something really cool. And, and I told them, I said, look, you have to get in there early. Right now, we still have a chance of negotiating direct deals with digital stores, but we need servers. We need to shut down one aisle of the building. I need to get some people. I'm willing to, to make some investment here. And we need to get some servers. And then he told me, I'm too old to have any partners. I'm not going to have any partners. I said, look, perfect. I don't want to. Why don't we, let's give it a try. Let's open a new entity. I'm not going to touch your, your, your business. Let's open a new entity. And let's see, let, let's prepare an outreach and see how many of your physical clients want to come on board and convert and we'll start ingesting their music and re-encoding and whatnot. Sure enough. Yeah. Uh, on the third year, we already had about 15,000, 20,000 tracks on catalog. We managed to craft deals with direct deals with the DSPs and, and <laughs> fast forward uh, five more years, we were touching pretty much everything. We, we were not only aggregating product to the stores, encoding and transferring masters, but we were also auditing neighboring rights for clients that had no wow. idea what that was about. We, we, we started picking up catalogs. Some attorneys in New York got wind of it. They started referring clients. So the neighboring rights division started growing a great deal. I kept working with 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 tech and and and, and ingesting product. And then the inevitable happened. We we built our own recording facility and we started signing artists. It, it was an organic fit. Fast forward two more years, and, and the one thing we were missing was we were completely independent. We're still completely independent. We don't upstream through any multinational whatsoever. It's, it's our own funding. It's, it's our own infrastructure, our own delivery mechanisms. And, and the one thing we were missing is, look, I, I come from the multinational business model, we're missing marketing, but the traditional marketing is faulty. The way I used to do it in Polygram, it's very faulty because you can't measure anything. You know, we would spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in posters, bus benches, right. <laughs> buses, all kinds of stuff. Billboards. And, and really, billboards. And you really didn't know. How would you <clears throat> measure that? I mean, how does that translate into consumption? 
Right. There's an old joke in the advertising world that half my advertising doesn't work. I just don't know which half. And which of course, half? now with digital, um, we've solved a lot of that problem. So my brother-in-law took a job in the automotive division uh, marketing at, at Google in Palo Alto, California. So <laughs> I, told my, I told my wife, I said, well, we got to talk to your brother because I need to know what we need to do to set this up at, at a serious level. I, I'm not going to go to a music specialist to talk about it because most likely it's going to be misguided with traditional forms of advertising, we, we need to cater to a whole new group of audience and, and a whole new business model, the digital model. So I yeah. sat with him and he said, look, there isn't a, a particular platform that is exclusively designed to promote music. You're gonna use the same tools that we use for automotive or for, or for stores or for anything else but the elements of conversions that we use are tangible yours or not you're no longer selling physical goods and people no longer check out in any virtual store so the first thing you have to do is you got to certify yourself and and you have to certify your staff we we're already certified with, with YouTube copyright management, catalog management, metadata, and whatnot, but marketing was a different animal. Yeah. It, 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 was, it was incredibly challenging. So we went all to Google University <laughs> to, to get certified. Long story short, I, you know, some of us became uh, cloud architects because we, we realized that the more interlocked applications we had in, in Google Cloud, the easier it was to promote and keep tabs of things. So now we, we function entirely in, in the Google ecosystem from virtual machines to auditing machines. So we, we, we have large data dumps that take place every night from our YouTube MCN network uh, for self-audit. Uh, most of, 70% of our business we leverage on, on technology and, and it's, it's really a phenomenal fit. So we, we open a, a digital agency just for music. And after that, the, 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 the latest addition to, to, to the ecosystem was a, a tech division entirely tech for research and development, virtual concerts. Uh, we, we now have a new building rigged with a stage lighting, the whole line array, the whole shebang, exclusively to shoot live content and stream it. So it, that, that's pretty much, that has been the, the roller coaster, the evolution of, of Intercat. Yeah. So how do you translate all of that technology, that knowledge, those best practices? How are you translating that in, in, in ways to help your artists today? We educate. <clears throat> our company, our slogan is empowering independent artists. They mean the world to us. Yeah. And, and, and the biggest, the biggest challenge uh, and the biggest surprises we get is not only when we hand artists money, but also when we 
open their eyes and we teach them how to identify audiences, how to understand, how to connect, that close that gap and, and increase that community with, with everyone's audiences. It's, it's something that was never practiced in the traditional that artists come in, you get an advance, you go to a studio, record an album and off you go. Yeah. We yeah. own the master forever and lots of luck. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. despise that business model. Yeah. And we go the extra mile to educate the independent artists. It's incredibly important because it's in your best interest to educate the because the more money it makes, the more money we make. Sure. Makes sense. And an educated artist will, will learn to innovate. And, and that goes for both. A newer generation that was born and operates entirely in the digital domain and also legacy artists. You'll be surprised when you take the time to educate and transfer some knowledge. It's incredibly appreciated. Yeah, I get it. I really do. Now, where does Intercat sit as far as distribution? Is it like a CD Baby Distro Kid STEM thing? Is it more like an In Grooves or The Orchard? Where do you kind of fall into that ecosystem and how can people sign up? None of the above. We are okay. an artist. We are an artist development company, leveraging on technology. We we have a division that ingests legacy and bulk catalog. That's a different story. But Intercat as a core, we we decided to be an artist development firm. It, it's gotcha. something that is very it's a scarce resource out there. Mm-hmm. We, we, we don't take everyone. We take serious projects that, that want to grow with the company, want to learn how to guide their careers to, to, to new highs. So yeah. it's, it's, it's precisely that, that, that a lot of multinationals don't get. Because short of that, I would have to compete with money. Uh, and I'm a small shop in, in, in Miami, Florida. I don't have Wall Street behind us or, 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 or deep pocket investors, but I yeah. do have a great deal of technology and a great resolute to deliver results. Can anyone sign up for Intercat or is of it? Course. Okay. Of course. What, 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 what are you, I guess, following on Jay's question, what are you then, when someone signs up, what are you looking for in order to accept them, I guess, to bring them on board? Is it just great music? Is it great music and some business sense? Is What, what, what are the characteristics? The, you know, content remains king. And, and, and great music is almost like a pink unicorn these days. A lot of people buy a DAW, they go to a bedroom and they make whatever they want to call it music. Everybody wants to be a producer. I don't, look, exploring, there's no sin in that. But I have way too much respect for music and for musicians. And the discovery process of new music is incredibly obstructed out there. The, the amount of releases ingested every week to digital stores make it prohibitive for, for any John Doe to go and discover great acts. There's an incredible level of talent around the world that 
no one knows they exist for lack of muscle, financial, and otherwise. Yeah. And our job is to detect these acts and, and provide them with the right platform. We don't do anything automatic. We, for all intents and purposes, we operate like a multinational. We have a the business affairs department, clearance department. We, once an artist signs that brings the catalog, A&R personnel analyzes the catalog. We bounce idea, but nothing is done by way of remote control. In groups of these other platforms, they, they have some product managers on board, but mostly it's DIY. And, and while that is the preferred method for some artists, you'd be surprised how much it helps when you have a team of people giving you advice and proposing ideas that perhaps you did mm -hmm. not contemplate. That is part of artist development. That is part of making you feel that your music matters, your catalog is well taken care of, and, and we're, we're, we're all pushing in the right direction. So are, are you guys then willing to actually invest financially into these acts that you're developing? We have been doing that. We have been doing this. There's, there's a, we, we, we have a number of hybrids and, and combinations. Uh, so some artists, they, they have a, a finished production and, and all they need is marketing money. We, we have a great deal of resources that if, if they were to tap into those resources on their own, it will, the costs will be prohibitive. But because we, we have such large pool of traffic per month on, on, on every vertical, it's 10 times cheaper for, for us to invest and allocate a, a marketing plan that actually moves the needle. Yeah. So are you involved in doing online advertising, hiring a publicist, kind of getting all the planes in formation? Correct. Yeah. So that's, that's more than just a label, more than just a distributor. Um, you're, you're working with digital marketing, you're working with advertising. Do you deal with the publishing side of the business? Uh, we audit publishing gotcha. catalogs, and we collect on, on, on dispersed revenue. Uh, our involvement in publishing is, is entirely uh, technical to make gotcha. sure uh, metadata deliveries take place, employee best practices, so that you sure. don't miss out uh, on any collections and whatnot. Yeah. Publishing is, is you know, somehow record labels had no choice but to accelerate to get with the program publishers they didn't and they they fell behind and and recently they i, I guess they, they got the memo that they have to invest in technology because it's, it's impossible to account for usage at, at the level is happening these days without yeah. technology yeah, I was talking to a publisher the other day, trying to find some uh, publishing splits for an artist, and they actually pointed me back to the label. And I thought that was very counterintuitive uh, for a publisher whose business is based on those types of splits. Uh, it yeah. is. A lot of publishers, they remember how these splits were propagated. I mean, I used to get splits by fax. <laughs> 
okay? Let's be real. So a lot of these took place on hard paper. And most of these translations are complicated. Like, for example, when I audit uh, YouTube assets and I go to the publishing side of things, it's disastrous. It's really catastrophic. Mm-hmm. So, but my account, the, the amount of leakage and, and loss of revenue is gargantuan. It's, it, it's really enormous. And, and, and publishing has, has a defect. It, it's, it's every man for himself. You know, <laughs> Sony ATV signs a writer that has a catalog where other writers participate. And they'll just take care of that particular writer and they take it on faith. Sometimes the splits are not clear. Sometimes it's, so here comes another writer participates in, in some of the same songs as the Sony ATV guy that say universal science and, and then the conflicts begin. And, and this is 90 day cycles to resolve conflicts. And in the meantime, you're missing revenue, momentum. If it's a new release, it, it, it's it's pretty complex. And, and yeah, yeah. Well, let me ask you a little bit. Uh, you know about about Intercat. So, are you? Is it primarily Latin music? Do you have other genres and moods? And how would someone go about if they feel like they have a catalog or music that would uh, be a good fit, how would they go about approaching Intercat? Well, most people go to the website. They, 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 they send us emails. Uh, there, there's a form in, in the website to connect. We have dedicated staff that, that checks all these requests. So it's, that's the easier way. Uh, and our, our catalog has a little bit of everything from, from jazz to Latin music, uh, all varieties of, of, of Latin, a lot of hip hop, R&B. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have, we have now a, a decently sized metal catalog, punk rock. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and it's not just the catalog we ingest, it's the catalog that we audit. If, if, if you put all pieces together, it's a little over half a million tracks. Wow. Impressive. Yeah, impressive. Paris, are are the the deals, and you don't need to get into really the specific because I'm sure they vary from artist to artist. But are the deals typically revenue splits? You're not requiring artists to pay up front, buy in. Nothing. It's I I think it's immoral to ask an artist for for money up front. It's a predatory practice. If I was a consultant on a particular task, maybe that was justified. But <laughs> God forbid. Now, it's, it's it's a revenue split, and and in 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 the admin cases, if the artist doesn't get paid, I don't get paid. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So tell us this: um, if if you're an artist, manager, some kind of partner, how can they get a hold of Intercat? Um, is there a place where people can find you on the web and learn more about everywhere? 
everywhere. It's, it's social media, intercat music. Intercat music, it's, it's, it's the user for all social media networks, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, online. Yeah. Our phones are listed. So. Yeah, yeah. And what's your website? Uh, it's intercatmusic.com. Got it. And that's I-N-N-E-R-C-A-T. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, this is super fascinating, Paris. I, I think you have just a, an amazing uh, background, an amazing story. And I find that people in the Thank music you. industry that are typically most effective are people who understand other aspects of the business than their own and being a, a pianist and being into math and knowing how some of these things work uh, is, is pretty phenomenal. I mean, we, so. we, we, we all know the music industry now is very much a numbers business. It what, is. What, what, you know, and not just the numbers of the dollars that you might make, it's the algorithms. It's, it's, Everything is data driven. Yes. In this day look, and age. Look, some some artists get get upset, and and they say, well, wh why am I not getting referrals from 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 the DSP? I said, look, think about it as as a co-op. They want the same thing you want: traffic. They want eyeballs. Traffic. Yeah, traffic is is the most valuable currency in the digital domain. Because you resell traffic with traffic, your company gains value by the amount of audience you're retaining every day, regardless of the piece. So, sadly, new artists they want to be famous in one minute. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we've heard that over and over and over. You know, I come from the days where we all jumped in a nasty van to drive around the country playing venues for food. Yeah. And there's guys, there's nothing wrong with that. That is actually how you develop and learn about yourself and learn to connect yeah. with an audience. Yeah. I have seen artists these days that will not go on stage for the life of them. They, they don't know how to defend the repertoire or connect with someone. Look, that road of self teaching what you're preaching it's 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 inevitable and, and it must happen the, the the fact that there are no barriers uh, for anyone to publish music uh, to youtube or to any of the platforms that doesn't mean you're ready to connect with an audience or be an artist so understanding who you're pitching to who, who you want to connect with it, it's incredibly important and that hasn't changed historically right yeah 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 super interesting stuff paris um we're going to be following this story and and as your growth because i think this is the wave of the future is not just having your typical label distribution but having a partner in crime that's going to help educate you and more importantly optimize because you're not going to game these systems but if you're smart about it and you optimize for youtube and you optimize for dsps and all of the above i think that's where that great music has a better chance of reaching uh more more ears and eyeballs so thank you for that absolutely absolutely guys 
cool. Thank you so much, Paris. Thanks so much, Paris. We really appreciate it's it. It's been man. a pleasure. All right, sir. All Thank you for the opportunity. All right. Discmakers.com. Use code FREEBIZ for ground shipping on CD orders of 100 units or more, $150 value. Enjoyable discussion with Paris. Yeah. You know, it's it's refreshing to talk to people who understand the difference between what the business was and where the business is and where it's going yeah. and and yeah. recognizing those changes and building their business for the future. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. Refreshing. Um, yeah. I like the fact that, you know, you and I are really big on education and he's really big on educating his clients. And I think that's, that's how you do it these days. You can't do things just the old way. You have a lot of different tactics in online marketing and advertising, and they're constantly evolving and changing. And that's what we talk about a lot because it is evolving and changing and somebody has to stay on top of that and educate their clients. And it really sounds like that's what Intercat's strength is, is really being smaller boutique. So you're hands-on and you can actually talk to them and get them on the phone and that education process. And, cool. and, and, the, and the fact that they embrace the whole numbers and mathematics of the, 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 backside of this industry <laughs> right he's because not afraid that, of math yeah you know got a master's that, degree that is that, that's yeah. so as we wrapped up at the end of our interview that's so important that's what is driving this business more and more every day is algorithms and you know as, as we were talking i was sitting here going well this is like old school seo discussion when, mm -hmm. when, when SEO first became a big deal, but people didn't want to put the work into optimizing their websites and their content, I'm going to go hire somebody who claims to get me on page one, which of course yeah. never I was can. the result. And, and, and it could have ended up doing even more damage. I'm seeing that's where the music industry is right now. You've got people yeah. who are like, all right, how do I get into that big playlist? Can I just spend a lot of money? And somebody promised me, top placement yeah no you can't somebody will well, sell it to you but it, they'll take your money but they won't deliver the results at the end of the day yeah and it could get you pulled off the dsp so yep yep yeah. yep, yep so definitely check out intercat uh, you yeah. know interesting if you, conversation if, if you feel like that's a, a good match for where your career is at what you want to find to support you reach out to them um, before we wrap up, just a quick reminder, thank you to Hypebot and Bands in Town and Bandzoogle and Disc Makers for everything you do to support the Music Biz Weekly podcast week in and week out. And of course, if you are watching or listening on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. If you are listening on Spotify, where more and more people are taking podcasts in on Spotify, um, make sure you follow us so you never miss an announcement of a new episode and of course itunes still tried and true um Absolutely. subscribe leave us a review leave us a rating it all means a lot to us and uh that's it we'll see everybody next week